Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. I'm really excited about today's show. I'm going to be joined by Donna Moritz, and we're going to explore how to create great visuals when you're not a designer. Plus, you're going to discover a ton of new visual tools that you can use on both your desktop and on your mobile phone. By the way, if you want to reach me, you can email me at podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. But before we get into today's show, let's focus on our brand new discovery. Helping you stay alive in a social jungle, here's this week's survival tip. This week, I'm joined by Eric Fisher with a brand new discovery. What'd you find, Eric? This week, I found Unsplash. It's a site where you can get free high-resolution photos. Unsplash. All right. Tell me a little bit about it. Yeah. So what's cool about this is, again, we're always looking for images to augment our blog posts, our social posts. And this is a great site because at Unsplash, they put 10 new high-resolution photos up every day. And then they categorize them and organize them by collections. So if you're looking for outdoor stuff, they got it. If they're looking, if you're looking for, you know, that stock stuff that looks like you're in an office working, they have it. And it's, and it's all beautiful. By the way, I guess the question is, what's the catch? Is there a catch? I don't see one. It's literally just a, a place where you can you can submit your photos, and it's. I mean, I looked through the site. I find nothing hmm. uh, whatsoever. So I yeah. guess the question is, what are the uh, terms of use? Right? Can you use them for commercial use or non-commercial use? Because that's typically one of those fuzzy things that you probably need to to research a little bit. Mm-hmm. Do you know? It's um, all creative comments. It's all creative comments. Okay. And do you know they put up 10 new images a day? Do they take down some every day and it's kind of like go to see what's there today or is everything kind of remain online? Uh, it, well, it's not – they may be taking some down every day, but there's always a very large – like I was going through their uh, selection for about a half hour plus still scrolling and finding new stuff. So – even if they are taking down stuff and adding new stuff all the time, there's always a giant selection sitting there. So what does this mean for the social marketer? Well, what it means is, is you can go in and you can search for something that fits your your uh, fancy in terms of, hey, I'm writing a blog post about such and such. I want to go and augment that with some visual imagery. And so you type maybe the subject in there what you would, you know, the image that you want to project, in other words. I wonder if you can use these images for background images for quotes and if you do, whether you need to cite cite the source and all that kind of stuff, you know. 
Um, yeah. I'm because th- I'm thinking if you create an image and put it on Instagram or Facebook, and it is a Creative Commons license, you probably need to somehow reference in the notes that this image mm-hmm. was sourced from so and so, right? Yeah, that would all of the Creative Commons, you know, stuff that you need to do with using photos from that are there. Yeah, so what are some of the, what that. are some of the types of categories that you can search? Sure. Well, they call them collections and what they are they I mean some are uh food, one's called all you can eat. Here's one called work that has, you know, the pictures that we see all the time of the laptop and the notebook and the cell phone and the the monitor, you know, the all different variations of that. Uh there's outdoor one there's one called summer there's one called creatures hmm. uh adventure where you know it's people standing in remote locations uh computers phones and tech is another one very they cool. even have one called american political where it's like lots of people in like rally type things but you can't distinguish any certain party per se that's really cool. So again, what's the name of the, is it a website or an app? It's a website. Yeah. You head on over to unsplash.com. Unsplash.com. Awesome. Eric, thank you so much for sharing that new discovery with us. You're welcome. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top-tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. And now, let's transition over to this week's episode with Donna Moritz. Helping you simplify your social safari, here's this week's expert guide. I'm very excited to be joined today by Donna Moritz. If you don't know who Donna is, she's a visual marketing expert, and she blogs at sociallysorted.com.au, which her blog, by the way, has been recognized by Social Media Examiner as one of our top 10 social media marketing blogs in both 2016 and 2015. Donna, welcome to the show. Hello, Mike. I'm so glad to be here. It's great to be back. Welcome all the way from Australia. So um, Donna and I are going to explore how to create visuals when you're not a graphics designer and you're pressed for time. And I know that so many of us that are social media marketers haven't been formally trained in graphics design and we all can relate to the fact that we just do not have a lot of time. So um, what we're going to talk about today is really the visual component and why it's so important for social media marketers and then how we can actually do it well. So Donna, let's start with the magic question, which is why should social media marketers care so much about visuals these days? Sure. Well, it's a hot topic and it has been for a few years now, but um, even more in the last year or two. So 
it's not even enough to get reach on a newsfeed these days. I mean, as you know, it's so busy and we have to ensure that we catch attention and, and visuals just catch attention and they usually drive someone to take some sort of action. You know, we connect emotionally with visual content and uh, the key is sort of, you know, making sure that people see your content in the first place. So visuals are great for that. And the fastest growing channels are all now highly visuals. You know, it's a, a no-brainer. We know that Instagram and and uh Pinterest are really visual, Facebook's visual, but but the fast-growing channels like Periscope and Snapchat um, are all really, really visual platforms. Even LinkedIn's now very visual, um, showcases images and videos. Uh, Twitter's now very visual, uh, showcasing images. Tweets with images get retweeted twice as often. So there's a number of stats that I just wanted to mention, if that's okay. Yeah, please. Just, uh, to highlight it. So, uh, I mean, I have dozens of these, uh, but these are just a few of the ones that are resonating with me right now. Uh, 44% is the number that I wanted to mention. We're 44% more likely to engage with content that contains pictures. Uh, we there's, there's some interesting research that's happened from Social Bakers, uh, which showed that brands are uploading video to Facebook uh, directly more than YouTube now. So it crossed over over a year ago that now Facebook video is more prolific than YouTube. And Facebook's actually getting the lion's share of engagement. So it's about 80% of all video engagement is coming from Facebook native video. And that's before Facebook Live is even really being measured. So it's pretty phenomenal. Um, Periscope, we've got 110 years of video footage just being watched on Periscope every day. That stat was just released. Wait, what was that stat again? 110 years of video footage is watched on Periscope every day. Wow. <laughs> and now with Facebook Live available for business pages and personal pages, you know, the opportunities are huge. We haven't really seen where that's going to go. Um, and, of course, your industry report last year showed that Facebook is where marketers are spending their time. It's the platform they perceive to be the most important. So with Facebook Live coming on, you know, who knows where that's that's going and, and um, the other stat that I had was from Content Marketing Institute, and they said that out of a whole range of priorities for content creators, visual content is in the top three. Uh, 55% of them are, ne- uh, are sort of focused on wanting to know about how to uh, how to create visual content. So it's become a really, really important topic, and, and we all know that it works. So it's just a matter of finding out where to start and how to do it efficiently. And I think that's the reason why we're talking about this today is that people just get overwhelmed. I mean, where do you start if you're not a designer? How can you do it so you're not sitting on Canva all day (laughs) to create one image? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to add a couple thoughts here. Um, Obviously, visuals um, include video and still images. And we're going to really focus in on the still image side of things today because um, I think that is probably the easiest content to create and repurpose across the various platforms. And um, what's really cool about it is it seems, and you can confirm this, Donna, but it seems as if the square format visual image has kind of become the standard across all the social networks. Have you noticed that? Yes, definitely. And it has made life easier. I'm, I'm always one for saying, you know, make sure you know the native content of the platform. Don't just put the same image out everywhere. But it does make life easier when when you've got Instagram and Facebook take square images very nicely. And, and now Twitter, Twitter, too. Yeah. Twitter is showcasing square images. I still recommend Twitter to put, you know, the, the most important content in the middle. Um, 
some just depends on how people are viewing it. Sometimes you still get the other preview, but uh, but yeah, and even Square will show okay on um, on Pinterest. I mean, obviously Pinterest. Yeah, Pinterest is its own little unique animal, but but even yeah. Google Plus collections. So yeah. if you take the only one I don't know about is LinkedIn. Do they work with Square Images? That's the one I'm not sure about. Do you know? I think wider is better. Square can work. It's just um, you know I, I think wh- with all the tools available at the moment, you can definitely go in and just use the tools to find out the sizes. It's funny. I used to know a lot of the sizes off by heart, and now I use tools to to size my images so it's become a lot easier uh we went from having all these crazy infographics you know the ultimate image tool guide size sorry ultimate image size guide uh which nobody could follow and then we had all the tools come through and say well this is this is how you resize them and i used to always say go with square portrait or landscape depending on what platform you're on but like you say square has made it much easier so absolutely I still need to do some landscape and portrait, but it's not as bad as it was. Yeah, I mean, and, and many of you listening can relate to the fact that you probably had to design a million different images for all these different sizes, and now you can, frankly, greatly simplify that. So, um, yeah. as we said at the beginning of the show, we're going to talk about how to design if you're not a designer. And um, let's start with kind of the basic, where do we start? Like, what do we need to be thinking about, Donna, before we even begin designing images for social media? Sure. Well, I'm going to just talk about something quickly that's not about the actual image and it's just stepping back and looking at what visuals get shared well on the platform you're aiming for. So, of course, Square will work across a number of platforms, but even just thinking about what the content is going to be on the image, what works. So, you know, on Facebook, it might be different content to Instagram, which might be different to what works on Twitter. So, definitely do that. And I know it sounds crazy, but I have seen more and more that people get overwhelmed trying to be everywhere doing visual content on every platform. And I usually recommend still do your normal posting, but just focus in on one particular platform just to really get a system and some, you know, a process for creating or planning, creating in batches your images and then sharing them in some way and using tools and even people if you need to get to help you. Uh, so, I, you know, I call it the platform cha-cha. You know, people are all over dancing all over every single platform. Just focus in on one with some of the stuff that we're mentioning today and you'll get much better results. I've done it on Twitter uh, last year and then we moved to Instagram just for a featured account. And the, the growth on those accounts was huge when I was focused on sort of one thing at a time just to get the systems in place. Uh, so, yeah, don't jump onto a new platform till you're posting on one on the one before it with ease. <laughs> uh, so really when you're thinking about images, you need to think about a number of sort of elements and I kind of called it a little visual content blueprint. So there's a number of things that make an image work. So one is just deciding what the image is going to be like, and that's thinking about what works on the platform you're posting it to. And then thinking about the call to action. Now, the call to action could be something simple, like you just want to have more connection or you want them to like or comment the engagement, or it could be that next level up where you're looking at shares or people clicking through to another another social media site or to your website or to your blog or a landing page, uh, or it could be, um, you know, any one of those combinations of things. And then you really need to think about what your landing content is. Like where are they arriving when they do click through or they share? Like are they getting value from you? Are they getting more information, uh, more 
more uh, content on your blog? Are they getting, uh, you know, some sort of free download or whatever it is? But just thinking about making sure they've got value and then continuing that value with either your email content or however you will uh, continue to involve them in your community. And then then the next step after that is to just make sure that they're achieving some sort of goal on target. So it might be that they're signing up for something or that they're, um, you know, uh, registering to, for your email newsletter or just reading a blog post or just maybe staying on your website. And at, and at the very end, you're continuing to add value. So there's a number of things to think about with visuals. They do drive traffic. So I always recommend sort of thinking about where people are going to go once they sort of click through, if you're looking for them to be using visuals to sort of drive themselves to your website or to your blog or any other place that you want them to go. Now, um, this seems like a silly question for me, but it won't be difficult for you to answer. Going back to the call to action, because we're, my understanding is generally we're uploading these images to the social network and they're usually not clickable, right? So when you say call to action, you're talking about text that will be going alongside the image. Is that correct? Uh, Both. So generally we gravitate to the image first just to get the big picture. So if you can make an image stand alone, it, it is uh, highly recommended. So just from the very perspective, from the, from the point of view of thinking that someone might discover your image out on Pinterest, if someone's pinned it to Pinterest or you have, that it stands alone without a description. However, you, the description is really important too. So I always think of the two-pronged approach. So make sure that you've got some something that's uh, you know has context on the image either from the image itself or maybe a text overlay with a little header or a heading it might be the title of the blog post for example and then on the side you have your description you can play with and that is really important too so you can add more information you can still have the heading and the same information you've got on the, on the image but you can expand on it and many of the social platforms allow that to be clickable so you can have a url so facebook does uh, pinterest does uh, Instra- Instagram doesn't, so you have to be very, you know, uh, you have to be very, <laughs> yeah. yeah, creative. I'm trying to think of the right word. Creative and driven and specific about where you want people to go and and use your profile link, the the link in your bio in your um, bio to get people to go somewhere. So that's sort of you know you have to be very clear on your call to action on Instagram. And so just same. to be clear, unlike an ad that has an obvious button on it, you know, that says yeah. click here to save or for more, these call yeah. to actions usually are separate from the image. Is that correct? They're not yeah, They're but- not built into the image. They're actually text that goes along with the image and, the, and that they're usually at the end of the text, right? The call to yeah. action. The way we do social media tends to be that we don't sort of have big buttons everywhere because it looks a bit more like an ad. You can get away with it. Like say on your Facebook uh, timeline cover, you can have, you know, click below or something like that. So people click, you know, can there's the, the action buttons that they can go to to, uh, to sign up for newsletters and things like that. But generally, you I'd reserve the buttons for really important calls to action you know you can do a graphically put a button on your image for sure uh but generally it's more in the in the description or in the bio on instagram that you're driving people to uh have some sort of call to action and and it can be just to get them to read more content you know um right it's not always great to just send them straight to sales page but sometimes that's what you need to do so uh, I just want to share a little strategy that we're going to be doing. We're recording this just before Social Media Marketing World, and this is going to come out just a little after Social Media Marketing World. But I just had a call with my team before this recording, and I said, hey, 
since you all are are, are monitoring the hashtags, um, why don't you go ahead and figure out a way to favorite the tweets that are the sound bites from all the the speakers that everybody seems to love, and those tweets. Um, can be put into a file and maybe we get a hundred of them and then we can yeah. create graphics, right? Which are actual quote graphics of the speakers. And we don't have to mention where they said the speech if we don't want to, but we can create like a hundred images from yeah. all these quotes from these speakers. And then we could over many months use these across the social networks. So that's oh, just yeah. one strategy that we're going to be employing because we're monitoring a hashtag at an event. But the idea is we've got the strategy, we're going in with the strategy, and we know that we're going to come out of it with 100 pieces of content that can be later made into 100 images and then can be scheduled out across the social platform over many months. So the take-home lesson here is why not be strategic and batch do your work, and then all of a sudden you can have a lot of different images. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, absolutely. And you're... uh tracing back to what I said before about a system, you know, a, a process. It can be just any sort of project that you want to work on or the way you're going to approach visuals. You know, we have um, a system with me and my small team. We're just creating images for Instagram. And the fact that you're just saying we're going to create all these images, we're going to find a way to collate them, plan them, create them and share them is the first step to really doing well with visuals or with shareables because, Otherwise, it's just a bit haphazard and, and I, I'm a big fan of using quotes from speakers and I love doing them when we're live at Social Media Marketing World or a lot of people do, but just being able to find a way to collect them, I think is brilliant. Awesome. And, um, so that, that's yeah, a good transition into my next question, which is let's talk about the different kinds of visuals, right? Because for someone who's not a designer and someone who's not really actively doing as much as you're doing, they might have a hard time understanding, you know, what are the different kinds of visuals that I could create? And I'm not talking about necessarily like, um, you know, um, you know, create a visual for Facebook and create a visual for Instagram. Yeah. I'm talking about like at a broad category. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's kind of break down and give people some ideas. Like I've already mentioned one, we can yeah. elaborate on that and mention others. Cause I think people need just some ideas of what they could be doing. Maybe that they're not doing. Sure. And uh, I'll give you an image uh, picture of this so you can put it in the show notes, but I, I just, wanted to separate it out for myself about a year ago and I just called it a visual hierarchy and it was just useful for me to get my head around where to invest my time and resources and the more I could see it there was sort of three levels and I think this is good just for people to see where the jumping in point is so the first level is just shareables the second level is step-by-steps I made these up by the way and uh, the third level is show pieces so the first level shareables is Exactly that. So you're really easy to create, easy to share images that are like quotes, tips, uh, memes, uh, photos, and GIFs. Like I know that's video, but that kind of crosses over into the easy sort of images. Yeah. Uh, by, they, by the way, they, let's let's pause there for a second. GIFs yeah. or GIFs. Explain what they are for yeah. people that may not know. <laughs> I I did read something that you have to say GIFs was. I mean, like it, that's a big debate, but but explain what <laughs> explain what they are for people that may not understand what that means. They're short snippets of video that are animated to just go in a loop. Yeah, there's uh, no sound at all. It's it's kind of like no. old fashioned movie almost, right? Yeah, and they're kind of they can be quite humorous. You know, there's there's now whole websites that you can look up. I don't know any off the top of my head, but that you can. I do think one search. of them is called Giphy or something like that. Yeah, Giphy. Um, 
you can go in and just search on on them under different categories and it'll bring up all these different funny types. Uh, you can make your own though. There are, I think there's there's a tool that's a, a maker tool and you can make your own from your own videos. So uh, some people use them with content just to loop a little bit of content and I've seen really clever blog posts where they just have a, just a little how-to image where it shows how to do something. So, so, so you they, said quote. You said under the shareables category, there's quotes, tips, memes, photos, and gifts. And yeah. like, so what's the purpose of creating shareables? They just are great for engagement. Like more than anything, they're good for engagement and connection, and just keeping yourself front and center for attention. If you're creating your original images, you know we love new things. Like we, anything that's bright and shiny and new it catches our attention. So if you're creating original content, I always say that other pages will event, especially on Facebook, will eventually see that you're putting out this great content, and they'll start to look to you to share content. So mm. it's almost like they put you on a hit list. It's like an exposure like- play, really, right? It's a it's yeah. a way to get exposure for your brand. And I would imagine yeah. you should put your brand somehow in that image because it's going to get shared, right? Yeah. I always recommend to brand in some way, but just don't overbrand. Like don't put your URL, your name, your logo. Like just pick one. And I tend to just put our logo on ours. And we play – someone said to me the other day our, our shareables are a bit like Where's Wally because we put our logo in, in quirky places. But, hmm. but just have something on there to brand. And it, just in case it gets separated and people don't do the right thing and press the share button. Uh, but, but yeah, a little bit of branding is good. Just keep it subtle. And, uh, yeah, and actually GIFs could probably move over into the step-by-steps as well. It, it depends how much, you know, if you're creating them yourself and not just sharing, it's a bit, it's a bit more effort. Okay, so you, you mentioned shareables. And then what's the next one in the hierarchy? So I kind of had this section, called, like a category called step-by-step. So this is where you sort of – doing more how-to images or checklists or tutorials, uh, the sorts of images you see on Pinterest, like the not quite an into infographic but more of a checklist. They, they share really well. And, in fact, anything that we create that saves people time gets snapped up and shared really well. So they're the ones that might take a little bit longer. You might be doing a screenshot and adding in annotations to show how to do something. I know Murray Smith does those quite well. She'll do screenshots of how to do something on Facebook. Uh, It might be doing an image with like, say you're a fitness uh, professional and you've got images and then, you know, like a list of how to do exercises or whatever. Uh, So just those sort of multi-image, multi-step kind of uh, pieces of visual content. And then from there, you get into the what I call the show pieces. And these are the ones that uh, I know I spend more time on. They do take more time and resources, maybe money investment. Depends if you've got a designer on your team, but they all can be done without a designer. Uh, And they they are your infographics, uh, slide decks, for sh- like for slide share, short video and uh, live video or live streaming. Uh, they're all, yeah, what you would put a bit more effort into, especially if you're repurposing and things like that. So, so um, going back to the step-by-step for a second, um, yep. I totally can visualize that Pinterest is a place where people would do this because a lot of times people have these much uh, taller images, right? Yeah. Um, but are there in- do they serve a purpose on the other social networks as well? You know, the more I've, like, we used to create a lot of infographics uh, for clients that got shared like tens of thousands of times. We did some for Ian Cleary and and I they've done really well for me on my blog. And But I, I used to do the really long ones and they are great and they're still well loved and shared on Pinterest. But I really, really like the idea of like a half size one. So even 
2,000, 2,500 pixels high or even less that will share well. It will even show okay on Facebook. It will look well on Google+. It will do well still on Pinterest because it's longer rather than wide. Uh, and it will also do well on LinkedIn and and Twitter. You can you can show these as well. They might not show the whole infographic. But I know that on Canva they have an infographic template that's about a half-length one. So if you wanted to check out what I mean, go into their infographic templates and you'll see that they've got sort of half half-length infographics and all of those show really well on just about any social platform. Very cool. And and I think if I'm not mistaken, when you mentioned earlier that Mari Smith does a lot of these interesting how-tos, I think she uses some sort of a screen capture tool where where she draws arrows and notes and stuff like that. (laughs) Right. And, but that stuff is useful because she tends to like notice new features in Facebook and, and kind of talk about them first and upload those images and those things get shared like crazy. Right. And that's, yeah. that's the kind of thing you could do on Facebook, right? Absolutely. Uh, if there's something that you need to show your screen or how to do something or even an image, so you can take an image, uh, you know, of it might be, gosh, I've even seen uh, someone take an image of the beach showing a, a riptide, you know, a, a current to, to how to be aware of them and then just put arrows in to show where the right. – where where the dangerous areas are and it got shared like crazy on Facebook. It was just, it was just a small swimming academy Uh, So sometimes just putting arrows or just a little notation on on an image. I mean, you can do that on any of those, any of the tools, but but I think uh, Murray's probably using something like Snagit or there's another one called Skitch by Evernote. Uh, They're just easy, quick annotation tools that you can use that you can snag a screenshot. And I want to mention the one that I use, which is free. It's called Jing, J-I-N-G, and uh, it's techsmith.com slash jing.html and what's cool about this one is um, it grabs a screenshot it allows you to like um, highlight certain words with a highlighter draw arrows draw boxes and then with the click of a button you can upload it to a website or you can just save it and I use it all the time to send feedback to our web designers our tech team but I also use it in training and I also use it when I'm uploading stuff uh, onto the social networks and that's just a great and we're going to get into the tools here in a second but these yeah. kinds of tools like the ones you just mentioned and this one Jing make yeah. it so easy to create an image in seconds right without having yeah, any special Jing tools is, yes and Jing is like the younger brother of uh, Snagit so you know use Jing I've, I've neglected to mention it so you're right Jing is sort of like the easy it's it's free I think it is free uh, and yeah then, and it's Snagit by the same same guys or something yeah, it's still by yeah, so by the Smith. same company, but you yeah. just pay more. It just does longer video yeah. and a couple of other things. So yeah, yeah Jing, Jing's great. It does five minutes of video capture too. So yeah, and it's really. uh, it's Windows and Mac, and uh, and it does yep. do video capture. The other so, one you can do if you're on a Mac is just uh, is it Command Shift Four? Uh, you're correct. You can screen, screen capture. Yep. Just a quick screenshot. So the only benefit I like to Jing is that it does the same thing, but it allows you to easily control the box yeah. size and stuff like that. Yeah. So, well, um, so we've talked about shareables and we've talked about step-by-steps and we talked about show pieces. So obviously these get a little more difficult as you go down the hierarchy, right? So the yeah. show pieces, the, like the infographics and the slide shares and stuff, this is the stuff where you usually want to hire a professional, I would imagine, right? Yes and no. Like I, I have for a long time uh, had some prof- some professionally done, but also I create them myself because I 
I'm like a crash test dummy. <laughs> like I, I figure that if I'm teaching people that they can do DIY visuals, I need to do them myself. So I have had uh, SlideShare presentations, and again, I'm not a designer. I'm a little bit creative, but I've used I've created SlideShare presentations on Canva that have had over a hundred thousand views. Wow. Um, you know, and some of them, a lot of them have had sort of 10 or 20,000 views up to 50. Uh, and then I also I've used a, a girl on my team to help me do some as well. I've created infographics in Canva that have been shared a lot on Pinterest. And also I've had a designer create them. So it depends how big the project is and, and how, you know, how much you want to go, how, how deep you want to go with it. But um, I, I would suggest that people can check out the tools. There's a lot of tools that you can create these. Yeah, and let's let's transition into that because, like, I'm. Let's just say I'm not a designer, as many people <laughs> are not that are listening. So, uh, and they want to create some cool tools. I mean, let's start with the shareables. Are there some cool tools out there that make it really easy to create these quotes and mimes, memes, and and all that kind of cool yeah. stuff? <laughs> Yeah, sure. So uh, I know we've talked about Canva a lot, so I won't go into detail. I wanted to show, talk about a couple of new ones, but Canva is probably my go-to tool for creating visuals just because the, you know, the stock images are, are reasonable. They're a dollar US and if you get Canva for work, you can do a lot of cool things like uh, resize your images. So from square to landscape or different, different, uh, different resizings very, very quickly. What does Canva have- for work cost? It costs uh, around about $12 a month and then about $10 a month if you purchase like a year's worth, like if you buy annually. And what's, so, the, what's the benefit to the work, to the paid project? Is it multiple people collaborating on a single account or something yeah, like that? So there's a number of things. You get multiple people can collaborate. You have a team stream so you can share content between your team. So I share with my VA and then she goes in and she can edit and create or and then she can send it to me and I can click in and and add to it. Uh, you can have all your branding um, assets in there. You can have folders for all of your assets, so photos and PNG files and images and uh, all your illustrations and things like that. You can also have folders for your designs, which saves you going crazy because you don't have one big stream of designs. Mm. Uh, you can also resize one image or you can do like a multiple resize of a whole bunch of images. Um yeah, a, f- a few different things. You can upload fonts and things like that. So sweet. it does. It just makes it a bit easier, and I don't. I think it's a really sweet spot for pricing. I think it's pretty reasonable. So absolutely. Um, good, so good let's go to one if you want to do, do it yourself. Yeah. So um, you said that there were some other tools that you wanted to mention. So what what would you recommend? Yeah. So that would be one desktop tool. Um, the other two that I want to mention that have kind of changed the landscape for creating visuals are Relay and Design Feed. Now, Relay is about $12 per month or 8 I think, if you pay annually. Design Feed has been free, but they're bringing in a pricing structure that is more than Relay. It's about 29 per month, I think. And then they are planning to do a lot more with the tool that's going to mean there's a more pro accounts. But what they are is they're both tools that allow images to sort of basically design themselves. Um, you know, it's, it's automated visual content. Now, it might not suit everyone because you might need to do some tweaking. They do allow a little bit of customer customization, but Relay, basically, you load in all your assets. You um, then... 
you know, add in things like your logo, a tagline, it might be, you know, hashtag or your URL and things like that. And then it will allow you to, well, it, there's a whole heap of templates basically propagated in Relay and it will bring them up and then you get a whole bunch of designs to choose from. Then you can narrow in on particular designs, change assets, and it will automatically reflect that through all the other designs. So if you change a color, it can change the color throughout the other designs that are being shown. So what I hear I'm you sure. saying is that within just a few minutes, you can create a whole a whole bunch yeah. of different images, right? Yeah. So someone like you, maybe if, if I mean, I know you have a design designer's on, on hand but say someone is a podcaster that doesn't have that they have templates for podcast images so you can immediately create a whole swag of images with all of your podcast interviewees you know and give them to the the, the your, your guests so that they can share out the images you have them on your blog um it, it's it's good for batching a lot of images doing a lot of quotes things like that but they also have all the social media platform uh you know templates in there so you can it's resizing everything you can get facebook cover images facebook ads all of that now design feed does a very similar thing um and it's probably very more it's more simple to go in and use it's it's a quicker sort of setup you can go in and start creating straight away i know they're going to add a lot more but i mean i basically went in and i showed you the other day i just went in and put uh i don't know i put in uh uh shiraz shiraz uh valley as a winery and then i added in uh, the name of a, a food festival or something like that so just a couple of lines of text and then the actual tool will pick out uh the the visual the, yeah the visual so they have a they have a link through the difference between the two is design feed has access to stock libraries at the moment i don't know if relay's adding that but but they use is Unsplash, which has beautiful images and a couple of others. So it, it will pull out the visual. So suddenly you're presented with all these images, like uh, a whole series of images with beautiful grapes or bottles of wine with Shiraz Valley. And I was kind of shocked, to be honest, how fast that worked. I mean, it, yeah. <laughs> it almost like it keyed in on one of the keywords and just automatically pulled in the images yeah. and created the entire thing from scratch with, within seconds. I was pretty blown away. I didn't expect to have the image pulled in when I first did it. I was like, what? <laughs> but it, it does, yeah, that, that's an advantage. And and then, of course, you can click in. And on both of the tools, you can click in and change images and change assets. But they're not completely customized. And I think that's the point. You know, if they let you customize everything, then it becomes Canva, not an automated tool. So right. there's a little bit of customization. And I think, I think, you know, for me, I can see that everyone's toolkit will include tools like Canva. And then, you know, one of these tools you know, designfeed.io, I think it is, and relaythat.com. What about on the mobile side? Because I know that there are some cool mobile tools that allow you to create these amazing, I guess, shareables, right, uh, within yeah. seconds. Can you mention one or two of those? Yeah, sure. So I'm going to quickly mention a, a trio or a, there's four of them, tools that I just recommend people check out that are typography tools. And the first one is um, Over, O-V-E-R. These are ones you probably know about, but I just want to mention them for a particular reason in that they can quickly allow you to add text to, to photos. That's that's a great – it's just, just really easy. And Over actually gives you free um, – some free design assets every day, so it's worth checking in. But they are available on – Android and iPhone. Cool. And the other one that's available on Android and iPhone is Fonto, which allows you to do a lot of cool things with text on images. Fonto, F-O-N-T-O, okay. P-H-O-N-T-O. Oh, okay. I just wanted to mention that because Android people often 
feel like they miss out a bit because a lot of these tools tend to be on iOS first. Um, so they're two that work on both. And then you've got WordSwag and Typerama are two great tools for creating sort of really designer designer influenced uh, text overlays so typography really so you're putting really cool text on backgrounds now what does the what does the fonto one do it's uh it's a tool that allows you to sort of do all sorts of things like you know do to color block backgrounds add text on the top you know bring in photos it's it's a it's quite a robust tool i've seen Subi zimmerman use it quite a lot i haven't actually used it a lot i've just started to but it's um it's a great one and everyone that's on android says that they you know that they really like you to that they, that it's a great one to use. What's so, your favorite of these four? I like Over, uh, just because it's been around for a lot, a long time, and uh, and because it just it has some really cool effects. You can sort of blur out part of your, you can do layers, and you can blur out part of your your. Uh, text and sort of bring the image in and do some really cool effects uh i like that they have a lot of really fun overlays now there's two others though that i really do like and i just wanted to mention them because they're reasonably new uh so yeah i I love over out of all of those but i use word swag and typerama i kind of flick between all of them um there's two new ones well new in a sense that they've been around for about a year uh studio have you heard of studio i think i might have heard of that who's that from yeah I think uh, so. From someone sure. big or not? But uh, tell me what Studio is. Yeah, they were at Social Media Marketing World last year. So they um, they basically have a tool that's kind of a cross between a social media platform and a image creation tool, and, and it allows you to share your images within the platform. But basically, you can choose a whole bunch of designs. So there's designers in there, and the users do this as well. But they create create all these really cool overlays so lots of little sayings about travel or life or business or whatever it is and you can edit you can edit them yeah you can't you can you you can remix them i see so so you can take them and you can add in your own background and so for small business it can be a great way to quickly create oh i see so they've got kind of the text already figured out and then you can you can just kind of make something cool out of it and you can create your own as well, or you can tap into the ones created by the community. So there's just hundreds, thousands of them. And you can search, say you want to do, uh, I don't know, something to do with coffee, like there's this, the hashtag coffee, or there's the category coffee, and then there's the uh, the designers you can search under. So there's different ways to find content. And you can also go in and use all these different elements to create your own shapes and text and make your own little text overlays. So that's a great one for finding really cool designs and remixing them. And then you can share them out to Instagram or Facebook direct from the tool. And you said there was two and this is the – yeah, what's the other one? Yeah, so they – they originally started with two products in mind. They they created Studio and then they've created a second one called Brander, which is B-R-A-N-D-R. And it's it's come about because they knew that small business were using the other tool, Studio, but they didn't that they wanted something more specific for small businesses. So with Brander you can actually upload your logo to put it on the images uh you can also tap in like it actually hooks into studio so you can bring in all of the great things from studio into brander and it allows you to do things like get analytics you can have team members work together on on content and it will track you know who's sharing you can sort of get your team involved with sharing and things like that and they also have a whole swag of uh i guess uh i guess quote quotes that are pre-propagated for different uh, industries. Awesome. So they've got, got fitness industry and 
and that's growing really well. And they're a really nice team. And I think they just work with you to get your sort of assets set up initially. And I think it's a small cost. It's it's a small monthly cost. It's not it's similar to Canva, but uh, I I love both of them. I think they're a really good team. They've got great design elements, and that's a good one to play with. And excellent. The other, yeah. So, so um, yep. Donna, I mean, like, wow, we have really covered a lot of ground here. We've talked about the different kinds of images. We've talked about a bazillion different tools that people who are not designers can use to create beautiful images that nobody wouldn't realize, nobody would know that it wasn't created by a professional designer. So um, I want to ask you this question. Where can people discover more about you and all the great work that you're doing, Donna? Sure. So they can go to my blog at sorted.com.au uh, or forward, it's the same website, sorted.com.au forward slash blog. Uh, and I blog there weekly about social media or visual social media and content strategy. So if you want to join my insider updates, we have a regular uh, newsletter goes out with tips like today, basically, how to use content, how to use visual content to get more reach, referrals and results. And I also have a latest training link. Uh, at the moment, there's a video series on it. So it's uh, sociallysorted.com.au forward slash free dash training. So uh, that way they can always be updated with the latest thing. <laughs> awesome. Donna Moritz, visual marketing expert. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Mike. It's been a pleasure. Well, I hope you found a lot of value in today's episode. I know we mentioned quite a few different things and you probably didn't catch it all, but don't worry, we take all the notes for you. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash 196. Also, hit that subscribe button on your podcast player if you're new. We don't want you to miss a future episode. We've got a great lineup coming. Also, if you haven't done so in a while or you haven't done so at all, would you consider giving us a rating and a review? socialmediaexaminer.com slash iTunes. We'll get you there. It'll work on your mobile phone and that will really help us out. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you in the driver's seat next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.